the children go back, if you would, turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Now, while Mike was gone to Colorado the last couple of Sundays, for Sunday school we began to look at the Apostle Paul to better understand his writings. Uh, We looked at Paul's background. His father was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. Paul would have been well-versed in the Old Testament. He was educated. He was taught in the law and could no doubt well defend it. Paul was very passionate about his beliefs. When he did not believe Jesus as the Son of God, he exercised severe judgment upon Christians. But when he believed on Christ, his life turned 180 degrees, and the one he was ultimately persecuting became the one who he would dedicate the rest of his life to, his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was just as passionate, perhaps even more passionate considering the regrets of his past, to give his life to preach the gospel as a converted Christian, as then as he was to persecute Christians in his previous unsaved state. Paul was sent by God particularly to the Gentiles. In the Jewish mind, the Gentiles, they were the heathens, the ungodly, the enemy of the Jews. At that time, the Roman Empire and Greek culture were dominant and ruled over the world. If you ever just thought about what God was asking him to do. But I never noticed Paul struggling with this calling to the Gentiles. Peter had some issues that God had to work out. Um, But Paul seemed to have a clear handle on his mission work. Paul still had a heart for the Jews, a burden for their souls as well, and was given clarity of understanding of the equality as well as the distinction between the Jews and Gentiles. Romans 9.1 says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Paul's upbringing and life resulted in a writing style that was logical with the use of reasoning to bring Christ into full, into a full, what I would call an uncontaminated view to the Gentiles as well as to his kinsmen, the Jews. Now, we also discussed, we talked about the book of John and the book of Romans being the most common and effective books that we print for evangelism. The book of John, leading people to Christ through the love of Christ, through Christ's dealings with various people, and best known for the verse, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And of course, that was through His dealings with a person, Nicodemus, 
as he was going through that. Now the book of Roman seems to lead people to Christ with more with logic and reasoning. Paul puts all the puzzle pieces together. He's show, showing Christ as the Messiah and answering all the questions of the mind, leaving Christ as the answer, as Lord and Savior of your life. Romans is famous for its step-by-step approach of knowing God. It's well known for the Romans road uh, that we, we use. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And then Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 10.9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Both John and Romans show love and logic to lead people to Christ, but John lends itself to see Christ through the heart, whereby Romans has a high appeal to the mind, to the, to the thinking, how we think about things. Romans seems to have a similar style to the book of Hebrews. We were just talking about that, Brother Mike was. Uh, building in logical order, then presenting conclusions and principles to live by at its conclusion. Though not stated, and Brother Mike was talking about that, it wouldn't be surprising to, to figure that Paul was the human instrument of God to write the book of Hebrews. We looked briefly at the first four chapters of Romans, particularly noting the style of Paul's writing and concluding that it's a book that should not be breezed over. <laughs> of course, no book should be breezed over, but Paul has a lot packed in in his writings. That is really, it's, it's a book you need to really study. You need to slow down and look and, and go back and forth and, and think of what he's saying. Now, we saw an oversimplified view of the first four chapters of Romans that justification is by faith in the work of Jesus Christ alone. That's it. It's all of Jesus Christ. That has been the same principle throughout all ages to believe what God says. And that belief is evidenced by actions. You can't separate them. This morning I want to preach out of the book of Romans chapter 5 and I'll name the message. Uh, you ready for this? Aid up with God's benefits. Now I have to tell you, and Andy Follett here, he's going to put the message on our website that the word eight in aid up with God's benefits is spelled E-I-G-H-T. All right. All right, let's pray. Father, we come to a wonderful part in your word as we've gone through the book of Romans. And we see eight benefits that you list out here uh, in the first part of Romans chapter 5. 
and what great benefits they are. We should be challenged uh, this morning. I pray that we would look at these and consider ourselves and our lives in light of these benefits. And Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for giving it to us that it will help us in our lives. It will lead us uh, to come to the image of Your Son. And may we follow that. May we grow in that. Even by this Word which is preached today, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to have you stand up for the reading of the Word of God in Romans chapter 5. We're just going to read through it. It's not a whole lot of verses. Get some blood flowing there. Keep you from falling asleep. (laughs) Romans 5, 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet Without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if... When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But wherein sin abounded, grace did much more abound, 
that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so my grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now you may be seated. Now I'm going to look at the book of Romans chapter 5 into uh, two divisions. Um, if you remember, we talked about uh, chapters 1 through 8 are are very doctrinal in nature. Chapters 9 and 11 are dispensational in nature concerning the Jews particularly. And chapters 12 through 16 could be described as duty in nature, particularly to the various relationships we have in this life. So chapter 5 is still in the doctrinal portion of the book of Romans. Chapter 1 through 4 dealt with what salvation is. How man is justified before God by the sole work of Jesus Christ and His righteousness alone. That's it. We, we've seen before where, where we have man's thought of righteousness and his thoughts of, of works or being able to do the law, but that, that all uh, failed. There's only one way of salvation, and it's all, and it's hard for us, it's all of Jesus Christ, nothing of us. Now in chapter 4, we saw the illustration of faith through the chronological events of Abraham through David, and the timing of things, and, and showing where faith is, and that's why we have Father Abraham, we talked about that, that's why we sing that song, is through, it was by faith. Now in chip, chapter 5, there seems to be what I would call a, a great division or distinction. Verses 12 through 21 seem very logical and heavy doctrinal. Um, and Lord willing, next week I'm going to preach on that portion of Scripture. Now verses 1 through 11, to me as I go through, it seemed to be a pause somewhat of a pause in, in doctrinal teaching. There is some doctrine for sure, but it's more of, a, I almost see it as a stop for rejoicing, almost like a sila in the Bible. It says, just stop, let's, let's think about this here before we move on. Now as we read through, I'm going to read through these scriptures, and I'm going to emphasize the words that will become a list of eight distinct benefits for those who have come to God's salvation. Romans 5.1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. 
For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being justified by His blood, listen to this benefit, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Here's these eight things. Peace. Access. Hope. Patience, love, the Holy Spirit, saved from wrath, and joy. Paul pauses, it seems to me, to encourage us in these great benefits of salvation. There is a song that reminds me of this portion of Scripture that just popped in my mind when I heard it. So you're going to get a special today. I'm going to sing it for you. You kids will like this song. It's kind of catchy. It says, Apple red happiness, popcorn cheerfulness, cinnamon singing inside, peppermint energy, gumdrop holidays when you give Christ your life. The benefits of God's great love are super, super satisfying. So throw away your sin, let God's love shine in. Try it and you'll see how you get apple red happiness, popcorn cheerfulness, cinnamon singing inside, peppermint energy, gumdrop holidays, when you give Christ your life. What a song. What a song. I want you to consider the defaults of not choosing salvation. What are the defaults? What happens if you do not trust Christ as your Savior in these eight areas? You are foregoing a peace that passes all understanding for a life of circumstantial and situational peace. You are foregoing full access to God in prayer for no access, no, absolutely no access to God. Empty prayers. Uh, I've heard it say that you know the, the prayer of the unsaved, it just doesn't reach past the ceiling. Prayers that you believe reach God, but one day hear Him say, I never knew you. <laughs> Depart from me that work iniquity. You are also foregoing blessed assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I'll save you from singing that one. Jesus is mine for a false hope, which is no hope at all. Foregoing the patience needed to weather the storms of life. 
knowing God is in full control. You would be trading that for depression, anxiety, and panic when life gets tough. And this world is full of that. You'd be foregoing unconditional love that covers over deficiencies. All deficiencies. For conditional love that flees at any point of deficiency. Man's kind of love. You'd be foregoing the Holy Spirit of God that comes into you, that comforts you, trading that for a life of doubt and fear. Foregoing the rapture of the saints into the loving arms of God for experiencing the wrath of God in the time of tribulation and stand to be sentenced to hell for eternity. That's what you're foregoing when you don't get saved. You're foregoing to trade the cure of sin. Experience, experiencing the fullness of joy of a complete cure to sin. And you're trading this, here's what you're trading that for. Symptomatic pain relievers of this sinful world. To experience pleasures of sin for a season. To live for the next fun thing to do. To live for that next hit of the world's drug each drug needing to be stronger and bigger to a total dependence on drugs of temporal values, immorality, and pride until the lack of or the overdose of takes your life. That's what, those are the things you're foregoing. You know, it's true that None of God's benefits are available for those who have not given their life to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now this world can mimic, you know, God has a lot of good things. They, they can mimic it and you can get some values, but the, their temple, they last this life and that's it. You know, it's also true that the saved have all these benefits fully and I'm going to use this word, and Brother Mike kind of alluded to this, available to them. Yet there was only one of those benefits to be saved from God's wrath and sentencing to hell that is, is unconditional. That's the only one that's unconditional. You'll be saved, maybe, as by fire. I've heard it say, go through the judgment and some people are going to smell like a lot of smoke. Nothing left. You'll be saved. Because you know who does that? God does that. He never fails. But all the others are conditional, if you think about it, to the Christian by, they have to be accessed by faith. And they have to Act upon those. I know that as Christians we fail to appropriate these benefits by faith. 
many times. How do I know this? Well, if you're any bit, any bit honest about yourself, your actions, and your responses in life, you will see many failures. If you know anything about others and their failures, then you should know about yourself that you have blind spots as well, unless you're somebody more special than anybody else. Areas of life where you are failing and don't realize it, and these great benefits that are available, available to us. But if you're convinced that you are fully living by faith and living in the fullness of God's great benefits, then I suppose you and others around you would describe you as always having apple-red happiness. Popcorn cheerfulness. Cinnamon singing inside. Peppermint energy. Gumdrop holidays. When you give Christ your life. The benefits of God's great love are super, super satisfying. We throw away our sin. We let God's love shine in. And then it repeats those. Is that how people would describe you? Now the message, it's not a message of condemnation. But I want it to be a message of encouragement. First of all, to encourage you to be saved if you're not saved, to trust Christ as your Savior, to give Him your all. He's done it all for you. And just give your all, your whole life to Him. But also it's for us to take full advantage of these benefits of God. To internalize them. That it might radiate in our lives. That we might influence others. That others will notice a difference. Others to ask about the hope that lies in us. How, how many people this week has come to you and asked of the hope that lies in you? There are a couple of people in the Bible that come to mind that seem to take full advantage of God's benefits. They're good examples. And they radiated God to those around them. And there's others, I'm sure, but just two come to, to mind real quick. One would be Joseph, Jacob's son. And the other would be Daniel. I like what was said in the Word of God about Daniel. In Daniel 5.12 it says, For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar, now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Daniel 5.14, I have even heard of thee, that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And in Daniel 6.3 says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit 
was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Daniel was a go-to person for those seeking God for an answer. He was a go-to. They knew to go to him. You may be someone who can give answers to those seeking God, and that is good and necessary. We should have those ready to say and be led by the Holy Spirit of God uh, in those cases. But are you a person who people will go to? People will go to the one with an excellent spirit. How is your spirit? Are you ate up with the benefits of God? And now you can spell it A-T-E. Let's pray. As the pianist comes... Lord, you give us a pretty short message, but very distinct in this chapter 5, this first part of chapter 5 of the book of Romans. Benefits, all these benefits we are to have. It's these benefits that will give us an excellent spirit. It's these benefits that people will come to us, they'll see a difference. And this world needs so much to see a difference. May we internalize these things. We may have just got a glimpse of what this means. <laughs> Maybe we could just reach out and just touch it a little bit because it's so big and it's so... It's such a... something that we need to reach for. God, I ask You to give these people... Give me those thoughts to see and to visualize what a Christian should be acting like. What a great salvation. To praise Him. We read about those things in Hebrews in the final chapters of what all that means and how we should be. May we be convinced today to change, to think of these things and how they should make us feel. And the smile that it should be. It sounds kind of funny, apple red happiness, popcorn cheerfulness, cinnamon singing inside, but that's how we ought to be. No matter what, no matter what the situations, we will stand out we'll have opportunity and what opportunity that will be to give out the gospel amen I
I had a, a much bigger uh, preaching message, and I just had to cut it in half. <laughs> so half of it got a little shorter. So, but uh, I think God's that's what God wants us to know this morning, or what that looks like, how we should be. Man, we're missing it. We need that love of God shed abroad in our hearts. <laughs> People ought to get eerie about the smile we have and the joy we have. <laughs> and asking us, what in the world is with this guy? He has something I've never seen anybody else have. But we get drugged down by the world, don't we? And we get drugged down by issues and problems. And we go back to the flesh to try to deal with them. It says, instead of just seeing the character of God, and He's got it all taken care of. And we can trust Him in all things. And all things are going well. All things are well. No matter what the situation. So I encourage us to, uh, to do these things. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your message. Pray You bless each family. Uh, this morning is, we're dismissed. In Jesus' name, Amen.